Hey everyone, you're listening to InfoQuench with Jeff and Amy. We're chatting about how to get the most out of life and covering a ton of interesting topics. So there's sure to be something for just about everyone. Let's get to it. Hey everybody and welcome to InfoQuench. I'm your host Jeff. And I'm Amy. In this episode we're going to be talking about meal planning tips. Meal planning tips, something we've never done. No, but we will. Except for, well, we, we do plan Huxley's, our son's school meals right? We do. We do. About five minutes before we make his lunch, we plan it. Yeah. (laughs) And we've been talking about doing this for a long time. (laughs) So I wanted to do some research and hope that this episode inspires us and maybe inspires other people to do the same. And for those people who are already doing it, well, you're better people than we are. Way better. What do you suppose it is though that makes people not plan their meals? I think people just don't like to plan in general. Yeah. I don't know. I I guess. I mean, but it it makes so much sense to plan your meals so you know exactly what you want to eat throughout the week. I mean, a lot of people are spontaneous and they don't really care for that. Like they just want to like make something. And that's kind of what we've been doing our whole lives, I guess, really. We've just been spontaneous with our meal eating, you know? (laughs) Maybe people like the spontaneity. I think it makes sense to plan everything. I know. And meals included. I wonder why we haven't as of now. It's interesting. Yeah. So before we get into this, I just want to say that the McLennan family has officially ridden the COVID train. I'm just yes. the on the tail end of it. And it's funny to think back that it was just over two years ago, the pandemic started and we recorded a few episodes on that. And everything was so new and so unknown then. It know? was. It was uh, something that at the beginning we were terrified of yeah. and i think you know our family uh were vaccinated and the symptoms have been luckily fairly mild there's a lot of vulnerable people out there still and there we, we had to put off our our recording for a little bit because the coughs would have been distracting that's so. right i'm suppressing them a little bit as it is so um <laughs> so let's yeah. jump into the actual episode which is inspired by a quote from anthony bourdain who jeff and i find inspiring in many ways, most of all because of his extensive travels that he did. But he's also known for being a wonderful writer. So he left us with great books like Kitchen Confidential. We both read that. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of the quotes that I'll say throughout the episode are from Anthony Bourdain. Oh, that's great. And either from his shows or from his books. And this one is, you learn a lot about someone when you share a meal together. You really do. You're you're forced to have a conversation and learn about somebody else's life. You know, I think that's what Anthony Bourdain did so well during uh, the show that he did for CNN. Parts unknown. Uh, Parts unknown. That's it. Uh, you know, he he just uh, he 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 was basically a, the kind of person who could sit down with anybody, have a meal, and really get along with them, no matter who they are, if they're uber Republican or a biker or. Whatever, he, it was amazing to watch him do that. And speaking of bikers. <laughs> it was well-timed. We couldn't have timed that one any better. No, I, I, uh, I 100% agree that sharing a meal with people is really a way to connect, and making a meal with people is also a way to connect. Yes. So we will dive into a discussion around meal planning. And when I was starting to research, I came across this great website. It's called lovefoodhatewaste.ca. Mm because it's uh, based in Canada. It was launched in 2018, and it was uh, done by the National Zero Waste Council, and the goal was to help Canadians make the most of food they love. Obviously, from the name, you can deduce that it is 
based on reducing waste. Yeah. And I think that's a big part of meal planning. It's reducing waste. I think that's something that we could all do better at is not wasting food sometimes, you know? Like we, we're pretty good at it, I would say, about not wasting food, but... You know, there are certain things that, that uh, get left in the fridge too long. What was that quote that we read the other day about, you know, I, I like to freeze my leftovers and then throw them out because it makes you yeah. feel better about it? Yeah, that was a meme, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh, I think we, we may be guilty of that at points. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's awful when you have to throw out food. So that website, Love Food, Hate Waste, is great because you can actually just plug in a leftover food like rice. And it'll generate a bunch of recipes that you can make from your leftover food. Oh, wow. So it's just, you know, based on the ingredient. And uh, I just, I, I love that. I, you know, a lot of times you do have something and you can't really come up with something innovative. You're making the same thing over and over again. So, yeah, great way to make that use of leftover food. I'm going to check food. that website out. That's fantastic. Well, I'm glad you're impressed. Yeah, I am. Because there's probably like, you know, four or five ingredients in there. I'm, I'm sure, though, that it doesn't always... It doesn't always pan out. If all you have in your fridge is ketchup, mustard, and an egg, you can't really can't really make anything delicious. It generates the recipe that. scrambled yes. eggs with scrambled ketchup and mustard. Ketchup and mustard. Yeah, <laughs> I know it's funny. Uh, I've been there. There's been times when that's when I, that's all it's been in my fridge. Mm-hmm. Mustard just seems to last forever. It really does. I wonder why. Mouse, Same with ketchup because it's mouse turds. Oh, Jeff. okay. Did you ever say that when you were a kid? It took me a while to catch up to that one. <laughs> yeah, I did. I did hear that. Yeah. yeah. May you, I was trying to make a mayonnaise joke, but it wouldn't come to me. <laughs> we'll leave the condiments to the side. So getting into some tips around meal planning, one is to ask friends for recipes. And I think that's often one of the best ways to go because a lot of times you'll look up recipes in a cookbook or online and you really don't know whether it's, uh, you know, it's good, whether it's tried and true. And your friends will tell you what recipes they make over and over again. And we've got some friends that are awesome cooks. And we often, when we're at their house and they're serving us something, we'll ask for the recipe and snap a pic. It's great, too, because... Uh, and then we'll never make it. <laughs> yeah, I know. We'll just snap a pic and then it'll get forgotten. Um, no, it's great, too, because uh, those people who make the recipes... Like, we never make recipes. No, we make recipes. But people who, like, give you great recipes, they usually write in the book, this was great, and I added this to it or whatever. And then so you get, like, the inside scoop on how to make it better as well. Do you know what I mean by that? I do. Yeah. And they'll be like, and I had to turn my oven up an extra 25 degrees because my oven is doesn't heat properly. Exactly. But then you can't follow that note because it doesn't apply to you unless you're using your friend's oven. Had to add salt. That's right. Things like that. Simple things. <laughs> So uh, we actually have a lot of vegetarian friends and it's great to pick the brains of vegetarians for alternate sources of protein because if you are eating a lot of meat, uh, well, one thing you can do to help the environment is to lessen your meat and dairy consumption and reduce your carbon footprint. So that's one benefit of not doing that. And it's also just a healthy way to eat is uh, to mix things up and try some vegetarian meals throughout the week. So if you're looking for vegetarian proteins... Uh, or proteins that those vegetarians eat. <laughs> yeah, because you have some you need vegetarian that friends if you happen to have one. Yeah, yeah, exactly. For some reason, we have a lot of vegetarian. We friends. do have a lot of it, and we're kind of. Oh well, you are kind of a vegetarian. I've really just watched I, too many documentaries. Mm-hmm. That's what happened that's, there. That's done. Although you, you draw the line, you, you will eat pepperoni. I will eat pepperoni. <laughs> I but like pepperoni anything pizza. chicken, no. Mm-hmm. No chicken. And you know, it's because of the chicken nuggets, the that pink oh, yeah. 
I didn't. Stuff. I didn't see that video, but no. I probably wouldn't eat them either. No. Well, and there's a whole documentary on chickens, and if you feel like you don't want to eat chicken anymore, just watch listeners. any documentary on chickens. <laughs> watch any documentary on chickens, and Bourdain actually has a great quote bark, around bark. chicken. He <laughs> says, "And chicken is boring. Chefs see it as a menu item for people who don't know what they want to eat." Interesting. Well, he's always. I mean, he ate like. Uh, the marrow of bones and stuff. He loved that kind of stuff, but he wouldn't eat chicken. He's, oh, he's yeah. such an interesting person. Yeah. So when talking with vegetarian friends, some of the protein ideas that we got, well, one of the things is to make a taco night, but have lentils as your base for your tacos. That is actually a staple in our home now. It's so easy to do. You just make Did you some... just fart? No, I did not. The cat just jumped off the... Uh, the, the uh... <laughs> I would admit it if it were, if I did fart, but I didn't. The cat just jumped off the uh, couch. You can prep the ingredients, and then you just you can make the lentil and and uh, taco mix easy. It's so easy to do, and then you just put it all together. Tell us how to do it, Jeff. It's exactly how you do it. What you do is you take the lentils, and then you take the uh, taco season mix, and then you cook that up. And while you're doing that, you chop up some yellow peppers and red peppers, and then some uh, jalapenos and some tomatoes and some some uh, cheese. Well, you're getting into all the taco toppings. Yeah. But for the lentils, it's just the lentils and taco seasoning. Well, I mean, you could go, you could go like you know, big and and do your own lentils and you know, soak them and stuff. But I just buy the canned lentils, and you drain them. And then you uh, rinse them, and then you put them in a frying pan, and you put like a quarter cup of water, and then some taco seasoning mix, and let it thicken, and then you're done. It's seriously that easy. Soak them. Mm-hmm. You mean like when you buy them not in a can, and you have to? Soak That's right. Them? I don't. I don't. I know a lot of people who do do that. That's next level meal planning. A lot of our vegetarian friends. <laughs> So uh, another great idea that I had from a vegetarian friend is to make chickpea salad sandwiches. So if you're somebody who likes chicken or tuna salad, you can actually mash up your chickpeas and mix some mayo with them, celery or dill pickle, and have them in a bowl and just use them to make sandwiches or wraps. You like that so much, though, you burnt out on it, right? Well, what happened is my, my body burnt out. On the extensive amount of fiber. Oh yeah, that's that, true. That I was consuming. <laughs> that's true. Your body Chick- burnt out. Chickpeas. You gotta take. You gotta get your body to used to, to a lot of fiber because, uh, yeah, we'll just leave it at that. But it's so funny. <laughs> but I love them. I love them still. Yeah. You know, it makes me think about the fact that a problem I have with canned food is often, and I use the canned chickpeas because they're easy, is that they give you just too many in one can. That's true. And like, a, a classic example of that is tomato paste. I did find, though, one of the, a brand that has a smaller can that I've been buying for you, the organic chickpeas, that uh, aren't giant cans, which is Even great. still, though, you have to have multiple meals if you're the only one eating them. That's so correct. It's, yeah. a, it's a bit. A tomato paste, though, the, even though the cans are really small, nobody ever uses an entire can of tomato paste for any recipe that I'm aware of. Oh, there's lots of recipes where you use a whole can, but you're right. There, uh, Sometimes you don't. And then what do you do with that excess, right? What kind of recipes use all that tomato paste? Well, some casseroles and stuff like that. And, all you know, right, then. Pastas. Yeah. <laughs> I'll take your word for it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, next tip is just to keep it simple, you know? Mm-hmm. Just have a can of tomato paste. <laughs> 
No, but in seriousness, uh, you know, sometimes we try to overcomplicate things. And I think that's sometimes why we put off things like meal planning, because we think we have to do these complicated recipes every day of the week. And it doesn't need to be complicated. You can start with just planning some very simple meals. Maybe just start with three meals a week that are planned out, three suppers that you plan out and and then build from there. Uh, Again, a Bourdain quote is, uh, good food is very often, even most often, simple food. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. I agree with that. Some of the simplest food is the simplest to cook and just quick to make and delicious. Oh, yeah. I remember growing up and we would have stew mm. with uh, dough boys on it, which I, I don't know if everybody calls it that, but we it was basically yeah. like dough or tea biscuits almost that were cooked on top of the stew and they would be yeah. all nice and soggy on the bottom and crispy on the top and they were delicious. Like, did you ever have pea soup? Oh, yeah. Uh, pea soup, pea delicious. and ham, split pea Barley and ham. And, yeah. You know, it's been a long time since I've had stew, mm-hmm. but that's a great example of a simple meal and uh, maybe nostalgic for you. So you could put that into your weekly plan. You, you typically don't really like uh, soups, though, or stews. Not usually. It's because I'm an efficient eater. I don't like to spend a lot of time eating, and I find soups are just tedious with the spoon and everything. <laughs> tedious with the spoon. <laughs> oh, my goodness. What do you eat? Every other meal with your hands? No, I just mean you have to take every spoonful and carry it to your mouth. It's not like eating it. That's just regular eating. I I don't know. Like, what the heck? If if you're not using a fork, you're using a spoon or, you know, or sometimes you even cut your food with a knife. No, I don't. And that takes time, too. But you don't have a choice with soup. You have to use a spoon and you have to balance it and bring it to your mouth. It's a slow meal. You should try it with a fork. See what happens. If it's a cup of soup, I can do that. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> All right. So that, I had no idea until just right now that that's why you don't like soups. Really? Yeah. Oh. I thought you just didn't like soups. No. Like, period. It's because... I've never it... seen you eat soup in my, our whole time together. No? With, no. Not unless I've made it for you and it was delicious. <laughs> you know You know what one of my staples growing up was... was uh, Grilled cheese and tomato soup. And I still love that to this day. I haven't had it in years. Well, I get that. I order it at restaurants a lot, but then I sub out the soup for salad. <laughs> yeah. There you go. <laughs> because it's faster to eat. <laughs> it's fast. So you're all about efficiency when it comes to eating. I know. And that's, I know that's not. That's a, a really interesting thing. We talk about thing. intuitive eating and, and the fact that you should enjoy your meal. But sometimes you are, you need to get it into you. If it's yeah. a work day and you're at lunch and, or maybe you're, if you're eating lunch at your desk, it's not going to be soup. Let's yeah. be honest. You're so, I'm going to be drinking a smoothie or chomping down on a protein bar. I'm not going to be sitting there with a bowl of soup over my keyboard. That's right. You're, <laughs> you're the only person I know, too, that is like, if you find something that you really love to eat, like you, you literally could eat it every single day the rest of your life if that's all you had to eat. Oh, or even if right. that's not all you had to eat. You just don't get sick of foods you love period. Well, I get it's that idea of decision fatigue too. So I'm yeah. happy when I don't have to make a decision. I eat peanut butter and jam sandwiches. I think almost every day for school lunch <laughs> the entire time I was growing up and yeah. they were great. They didn't need to be refrigerated. You Kept just you made full. them. Yeah. yeah. And I still love them to this day, but I don't See, have See, I get sick often. of stuff pretty quick, like two, three days into a casserole. I don't want it anymore. Yeah. But every time you make something, you make enough for us to eat for two, two weeks. weeks. Well, yes. Yeah. And then you're like, did we eat it all yet? And I feel guilty. And I'm but like, then, it's by my fourth supper of having But if we don't meal. eat it, I just freeze it, you know, and then throw it out. And then so. it's freezer burnt in some <laughs> Tupperware container that's not marked. And we dig it out and we're like, what was this? Yeah. And, and then, then we like, throw it out. Don't throw it out. I'll eat it someday. So when I talk about 
starting simple, you don't need to use everything fresh. Frozen is, you know, perfectly acceptable. A lot of literature out there now that talks about the fact that frozen vegetables, you know, that have been uh, quick frozen are actually very nutritious. They've yeah. got everything locked in and, Brussels you know, sprouts. reduces the, yes, Brussels sprouts. And a great thing to do on a Sunday is to roast up some veggies and you have them for the week because roasting is the thing that it's an easy way to prep vegetables, but it can also take a lot of time. So if you're getting home from work and then trying to roast Brussels sprouts for 45 minutes, it may, you know, hinder your yeah. dinner plans. You may be eating supper at 9 p.m. But you forgot to mention, uh, in so far as roasting, uh, tofu as a source of uh, protein and stuff. And you can pre-roast you know, it or cook it, bake it. And then uh, have it for the rest of the week Yeah, as your protein source. Yeah, good call because I didn't eat tofu for a long time. And then I, again, asked a vegetarian friend how easy it would be to, uh, what's the easiest way to prepare it. And tell he us. suggested to... Tell us how you do it. Well, I'm going to tell you, Jeff. Okay. Hold your horses. I'm on the Hold edge your of tofu horses. I'm going to get to it. <laughs> <laughs> tofu horses you, are being held. You just Go. open it up. Yeah. Whoa. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Give it a quick rinse. These tips are... Squeeze out the level. moisture. And, doesn't, you know, you don't even have to squeeze it out that much. And then just slice best, it. Best way slice. of squeezing out the moisture, what is it, though? Well, I've, I used to go hog wild with the squeezing out of the moisture. Hog wild? <laughs> yes. Well, do tell. With a heavy, you know, wooden butcher's block on top of the tofu and paper towel to absorb the moisture. But you really don't have to do that. If you bake it long enough, it'll take care of the moisture. And you just, all you have to do is cut it into nice thin slices Lay it out on a baking sheet on parchment paper. You can season it if you want. Cook it for, you know, 20 minutes. Flip it over. Cook it another 20 minutes till it's nice and crispy. And then Let's pack talk it about up. the seasoning you use, though, because it's good stuff. I use Jamaican jerk seasoning. No, you use some, something else with no. your tofu, don't you? The, oh, sometimes I'll put a little bit of nutritional yeast that's on the it. stuff. Which crispies, crispies it up. Crisps? Crispins. Crispins? Crispies? Crispins? Crisps. Crisps it up? Yeah. I don't know. Crispies is not a word. But I mean, if you want to make up words, that's cool. Just let the people know it's made I think words. it's crispins up. It crispins I don't think it crispins up. is a word. I will like wager $5 that crispins is not a word. Okay. Game on. Game on. <laughs> and then once you have your tofu all baked up, you can use it. You know, you can use a pair of scissors and cut it up after it's cooked to put it into a base and a wrap. Or you can just have the slices on a sandwich directly. And uh, yeah, it's tasty. That's one way as well. Like you can prepare all the stuff like like we like I was talking about with the tacos and stuff, the lentil tacos. Well, you can do it as well with wraps. You're right. Wraps are a great way to make use of a lot of different ingredients and when you have leftover ingredients. So if you have a casserole, sometimes if it's a dry enough casserole, you can have the casserole one night and then jam it into a wrap the next night with some spinach leaves or lettuce and there you mm-hmm. go. All I, done. I think what we're going to plan to do though, right, in the future is go hog wild with our <laughs> to, to you know to use your word hog wild with our actual like meal planning prep for the week right is that what we're gonna do like this like monday we're gonna have this meal like lentil tacos tuesday we're gonna have blah 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 wednesday more blah 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 or different blah 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 and then but we're gonna have all the ingredients prepared to make those things is that what we're gonna do i don't even know what we're doing what are we doing <laughs> at the moment we're doing a podcast <laughs> i know that but i think the idea is to start small so for us i think it's you know we'll plan three suppers specific suppers and make sure the ingredients for those suppers are on the grocery list all right that sounds good let's do it it could be as easy as that and 
you know, try to steer away from recipes that have some kind of weird ingredient that you're only ever going to use for a single recipe because then that weird ingredient just rots in the fridge. And the price of groceries is just through the roof. So I guess another reason why meal planning is a great thing to do now because we want to avoid not just wasting food, but also wasting money. And it's uh, if you plan out your meals, you're not going to buy things that you're not going to make use of and that'll just spoil in your fridge. That's right. Let's do that. Let, let's actually um, have a family meeting and we'll figure out what meals everybody wants to eat and then we'll figure out how to make them and pre, pre-plan it. Our listeners are probably wondering how we've gotten by this long. <laughs> how are we still alive? I can't believe we're we... doing a podcast on something we've never done. I love it. It's well, that's like... a lot of the times when we do a podcast, when I research a topic, it's because I'm interested in it because it is new to us or new to me. And that's why. So I'm... now we can report back and see how it went, right? That's right. But we're going to have to get like decent Tupperware, perhaps glass, stackable Sounds Tupperware. Sounds expensive. Sounds I know it does, but at the same time, the stuff we have now is just horrible. It's just like, and some of it doesn't even have lids, believe it or not. I believe it. <laughs> I don't, I don't, yeah. We just got to toss that stuff and get some good stuff. That sounds wasteful. <laughs> <laughs> so throw out all your plastic Maybe and buy I'll, some more plastic while I, we work on not wasting food. <laughs> I, I will use that plastic, that crappy plastic, uh, down in the art hole. Okay. And then I can use it for paints and stuff, and that way it gets repurposed. And what we buy new will not be plastic. It'll be yep. glass. And we'll show you pictures of what we, what we bought you know, on, on our Instagram. That's you making me accountable to make sure we buy new Tupperware. That's what that is. Well, I get the grocery, so I will be getting the Tupperware yeah. at the grocery store next Keep time. Keep calling I it go. Tupperware, and I'm thinking... It's not Tupperware. We're so dating ourselves. They well, do still make Tupperware, but that's not what you go to the grocery store to buy. I know. To put and, your, you know what I mean? <laughs> a house, a, a literal house just drove by our house. Our house just drove by? A, a I, little, a little uh, small uh, mini house. I just looked out the window and that's what just drove by. It seemed to go by rather quickly. I It was it was scooting. Yeah. Was scooting up the street. Scooting. <laughs> that house may not make it all the way to its destination. It, it might roll scooting. off onto the car behind it. But uh, yeah, it was an interesting sight. We're actually recording this podcast on a afternoon on the weekend and that is sunday afternoon unlike us we normally do it a little later in the evening and it's a little quieter it was time everybody was feeling uh well enough to do the podcast so that's why we're (laughs) doing it we could we could stifle the coughs enough to get 30 minutes still a few squeaking out but that's okay that's what the editing's for yeah and they're not the cat jumping off the couch sounding like a fart no definitely not that (laughs) so great tip particularly if you have picky eaters in your family and by picky eaters i mean kids because most kids are picky eaters so it's a great idea to involve them in the meal planning process so that they can have some say and pick out some meals that they enjoy and that way everybody's on board with the plan we'll have a bunch of healthy uh meals and then we'll have like a hot dog casserole or something hot dogs (laughs) what kid doesn't like hot dogs i know our son is all about the hot dogs he loves the hot dogs I used to eat raw hot dogs when I was a kid. You know what? So did I. But uh, hot dogs were different then. They weren't different. We were, were different. different. We didn't know. We didn't know. We we were brought up on hot dogs and Kool-Aid. And bologna. And bologna Fried bologna. Yeah. Sometimes not fried. And it's spelled bologna. Bologna. It is. Yeah. That's but because I, of the 
place, I do believe, but well, I, but I don't know. Did you call it bologna? I called it bologna. And do you have time. mustard and bologna sandwiches? Oh, yeah. I still have them every once in a while. What? At work. There's not much food at work. You know, just kind of grab a bologna sandwich. Oh. Do you have to still peel the paper covering off it? The wax, yeah. Oh god. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I remember having debates about whether or not you could eat that wax on some things like sausages and sometimes you're like, do I peel it off or is it is it edible? And anyway. Mhm. A lot of things I didn't think about as a kid. So when you were a kid, were food were, were meals planned at all in any way except for the day that it was made? I think the plan was usually to have a more extensive meal on the weekend that involved more prep. Right. Because that would be more like if you had to prep veggies and maybe have a roast or something that took a little longer in the oven. I that see. That would happen on the weekend. hmm So some of the other tips I came across is to check your pantry before you head out for groceries and have a look at what you have already in stock in terms of bulk ingredients, maybe pasta, rice, and plan recipes right. that have that as sort of your main base and that'll help save money when you actually get to the store. You just build around those main ingredients that you already have and avoid wasting them too. Try not to do what we sometimes do, and that is eat every single thing in the house before we get groceries. So that when you go look in the pantry, there's nothing there. You don't know where to start. Yes, we pretty much go till we're almost empty. Not always, but sometimes it's like, let's just, lose, let's just use all this stuff up. Uh, consider buying what's in season. You know, if you have a local farmer's market, if you have some uh, stores that carry produce that are local, it, again, helps reduce your carbon footprint if you buy food that's produced closer to your home. But it also just helps support local business. And it's less expensive to buy food that's in season rather than something that's been grown nearly, elsewhere and shipped nearly, across Nearly the every community has like a farmer's market now or something like that where you can go and you can get pretty much everything you need. You know, you, here in... In St. John, there's the Queen Square Farmer's Market. I mean, you can get anything you want there, pretty much. Oh, yeah, it's a great market. And and I know that, uh, you know, just do a quick search, and I'm sure that there'll be one wherever you're listening from that's close to you, and uh, put it on your list. Make that part of your grocery trip is uh, to spend a Saturday or Sunday afternoon when you're out and about stopping by your local farmer's market. What is that called? The uh, Is it the 10-mile challenge or something like that, where you buy your food only 10 miles from where you live? Like, you just buy everything you need? Well, if that's a challenge, that sounds like a great name for it. Uh, you know, I just made it up then. <laughs> um, you can even get really, really you know, nerdy and create an entire spreadsheet with your ingredients and then, you know, use that, sort them, figure out what types of recipes you can use. If that's oh, your, if that's your thing, that's you want to complicate it. That sounds like torture to me. And another thing to think about is you can just throw out the idea of only having certain meals at the time of the day, at a certain time of day. You know, for instance, you don't need to have breakfast items only at breakfast. You no. can have granola at lunch. You can have an omelet for supper. Anthony Bourdain says it. The way you make an omelet reveals your character. I'm not very good at omelets, actually. So what does that say about me? <laughs> I mean, I don't... I mean, I can make... I, I don't really like a lot of stuff in my omelet. I only like cheese and, I don't know, maybe a couple other things, but that's about it. Well, I think it's almost time for Jeff's random tip. Oh, yes. Okay, I do have a random tip, and it will blow your mind because... It is something that no one's ever really thought about because (laughs) we've all eaten microwave popcorn, correct? Huh? Have you eaten microwave popcorn? Yes, I have. Yes, I have. Okay. So when you're finished popping the corn and it comes out of the microwave and stuff, what's always at the very bottom? All those unpopped kernels. All those unpopped kernels. Figure out how to pop without burning the corn. So if you look closely to the top of the bag 
of the popcorn. There will be a tiny, maybe two-inch slit in the bag where... Two inches isn't really tiny. Well, maybe one inch then. I don't know. A small little... Oh, you're talking about the length of the slit, not the width. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah, and uh, (laughs) that's so that, you know, the air can uh, escape the bag or whatever. But it also serves a different function, and that function is will blow your mind. I'm telling you, get ready to have your mind blown. What you do is you turn the bag upside down and you shake it so that all of those unpopped kernels filter through the bag and out that tiny slit. And then you open your bag of popcorn and pour it into your bowl and you have no unpopped popcorn. That's awesome. It is. It blew your mind when I brought it to your attention. I don't know why they don't tell us these things. How can I Maybe have been making, do. I, what, 30 have, years I've been making popcorn? Yeah, but how many I've, times have you read the bag of a popcorn? Uh, a lot of times, because I always would look at the exact time I should be cooking it, and then I would add seconds to see how many, yeah, how close everybody I could looks get to for that reason. all the kernels, and then Everybody looks burn. for that reason, but no one looks for the reason, like, you know. Does it say that on the need. box? Or I don't is know. That just somebody? Why, why don't we look, and we can report back to our loyal listeners. My last tip is to have yo-yo nights. And yo-yo. Then, yo-yo stands for you're on your own and where everybody just goes and makes their own thing, cleans out the fridge and pantry with left whatever may be left over before you go and get your next grocery order. And Never even thought of that one. You, instead of having one meal that everybody has, everybody just makes their own little concoction and have a yo-yo night. Mm-hmm. Doesn't that sound awesome? It does sound awesome. Uh, don't shop when you're hungry. I never do that. I always get a burger just before. Burger and fries. And I'll finish off with a quote from Bourdain. An ounce of sauce covers a multitude of sins. So maybe there is something to be said about that ketchup and mustard. That's true. Unless you're using mustard exclusively as your sauce, then that wouldn't be very good. Mouse turds. Hope you enjoyed the episode. Yeah, thanks for listening, everybody. We'll see you next podcast. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening. Be sure to check out past episodes and subscribe to keep up with what's new. You can find us anywhere you get your podcasts. And why not leave a review? You can also follow InfoQuench on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Till Til next time. time.